believe in yourself Cause it starts with you And then everyone else will believe you too And if it looks like you're the only believer around Just keep on believing Don't put yourself down Just believe Our guest this week grew up in Southern California and was a high school dropout who was kicked out of a foreign country, institutionalized twice, and thrown in jail multiple times. He then earned a BA in philosophy and theology from the Franciscan University of Steubenville. Ordained a priest in 2003, today he's the vocation director for the Marians of the Immaculate Conception Fathers. The author of 13 books and still a surfer, his name, Father Don Calloway. And I'm Jack Crisula, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Jack Crisula. This is Anything is Possible. And we're talking to Father Don Calloway, who is the epitome of, with God, anything is possible. Father, welcome and honor to have you. Well, thank you so much, my friend. It's it's a blessing to be with you. Can we start by you leading us in an opening prayer this evening? You bet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless this time together, that our words would be pleasing to you, edifying to others, that uh, all who hear them might be drawn closer to your love and mercy. And we ask this as always, through Christ our Lord, amen. All right. You were born, I believe, in Dearborn, Michigan. Yep. Your parents divorced before you were two years old. Mm -hmm. Talk about the first nine or ten years of your life. Well, they were rough, brother. Um, yeah, my, my mother was married actually three times before I was ten years old. And uh, none of my fathers, you know, were St. Joseph. They were not men of virtue. They, they had their own issues. So that's what I was exposed to. And... Um, I thought that's what it meant to be a man. So at a very early age, I actually started um, desiring things that, you know, a young boy should not desire and and um, and doing things that a young boy should not be doing. You know, I started drinking alcohol uh, when I was 10 years old. Um, so, yeah, I, I went down a very bad path. And and that was just the beginning. You know, those preteen years when I got into my my teens, uh, my whole world was was chaos and it completely fell apart, completely fell apart. Your third father adopted you, mm -hmm. military family, moved around. So he eventually, Southern California, you fall in love with surfing, which yep. you still do. But you also fell in love with drinking, drugs, pornography. Yeah. Um, talk about your life in your teens, please. Yeah, that's where things got interesting because I loved living in California and I consider that really my home. But we were uprooted when we had to move again after having been in Southern California for some time. We went to Japan because uh, my stepfather was in the Navy. So that uh, that was tough on me. I didn't want to be there, but I ended and I ended up falling in love with it. But I caused a lot of problems. I ran away from home. I got involved with the Japanese mafia, the Yakuza, um, and was running drugs for them. Things got so bad. I got kicked out of the country, came back to the States and went to two drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers, got thrown in jail in Louisiana as soon as I turned 18, and had long hair down to my waist. And I, I was just, I was a mess. I was doing so many immoral things. But through all that craziness, my parents 
had a huge conversion to Catholicism. They became Catholic. I thought they had joined a cult. I had no idea what Catholicism was. I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and I resisted. But my mom, God bless her, she was praying those rosaries. She was praying for her you know, messed up son, me. And a few years down the road, I ended up having my own, what I call divine two by four. God hammered me with the truth and I fell in love with Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church, and, and I became a Catholic myself. One night in March of 1992, you're at home with your mom and dad, and you're, you see a bookcase, and you grab a book entitled The Queen of Peace Visits Medjugorje. Talk about that night, Father. Yeah, it was, it was actually an, an unusual night because I was rarely at my parents' house. You know, I was footloose and fancy free. I, I hardly was at their home, but I was on this occasion and I hit rock bottom and my dad was out at sea. He was on an aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean when I picked up that book. And that was the catalyst that got me thinking about things I'd never thought about. Why am I here? Is there a God? Um, and this Virgin Mary, I had never heard of her. I had no idea that that Jesus had a mother. To me, Jesus, I'd heard about him, but he was a he was a fairy tale. He was a legend. He was a cartoon. So all of a sudden, I'm hearing about him having a mother, and I was like, "Well, fairy tales don't have mothers. Legends, cartoons don't have mothers. So what is this all about?" So I read that book in one night, and the next day I went and talked to a Catholic priest. That's the impact that it made on me, and that got the ball rolling, so to speak. Within nine months, I was a Catholic. All right. Tell us about the Virgin Mary. Oh, well, here's the funny thing about this. So I'm a guy, right? I'm, I'm very much a dude. So I, I, most of my sins revolved around matters of the flesh. Um, women are beautiful. They're a gift from God. And um, I definitely took advantage of that in my younger days. But it's interesting that many saints have said that the ways that a man sins are the ways that a man will be purified. Um, and that's why I believe that I needed the beauty, the loveliness of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the most beautiful woman who ever walked this planet, who helped me to come to the truth. And so God really baited me, you could say, um, with her beauty, with her loveliness. And that's what drew me to Jesus, because ultimately Christianity is not about the Virgin Mary, it's about Jesus, but she points to him. And so that's what she did back then, and she still does it today. She's refining me, she's helping me to be a good man and to be closer to Jesus. We're talking to Father Don Calloway. If you want to learn more, www.fathercalloway.com. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasula, and we're with the surfer dude, the surfer priest, Father Don Calloway. Father, you talk a lot about Marian apparitions. What are, what are Marian apparitions? Right. So, well, basically, it's, uh, you know, the Blessed Virgin Mary being the mother of Jesus. She's now in heaven with Jesus. But on occasion, the Holy Trinity allows her and sends her to earth to appear um, to people to help us to grow or maybe highlight something we've forgotten um, to warn us, to prepare us. Um, and so we, we, you'll see those kind of things like Our Lady of Fatima, 
right, where she appeared to three children in 1917, or Our Lady of Lourdes when she appeared in the 19th century to a little girl named Bernadette Subiru, St. Bernadette, and many others. So they're, they're gifts that heaven gives to us of the Virgin Mary appearing. That's why we say apparition. She's appearing uh, in various places. And um, it has powerful, powerful impact. There are major conversions come about as a result. Miracles, etc. You know, Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico. And one, I think in the early 80s, Medjugorje. Tell us about Medjugorje. Yeah, so this one, um, now this one's an alleged apparition. So what that means is it, it's still ongoing, and the church has not ruled it true or false yet. Um, and it's hard to do that when the apparition is still happening. You know, um, the church really never does that. So we'll see what happens in the future. But yes, in uh, the, the uh, former um, Yugoslavia, what is now Bosnia-Herzegovina, allegedly the Blessed Virgin Mary has been appearing there since 1981. And uh, to what at that time were young children, now grown adults, actually around my age. Um, and the conversions, you hear stories, healing of marriages, conversions, vocations to the priesthood, religious life, healing of marriages, beautiful marriages coming out of, of, of there. So it's been a real blessing. All right. Today, your vocations director. Let's go back. And you talk to a vocation director and you say, I think I have vocation to the priesthood. And he says, let me see your resume. Tell me about you know, your upbringing, your childhood. <laughs> he had to say, no way, Jose. <laughs> How did you ever convince him to take a chance on you? Yeah, what you're saying is true and so funny because I wish I had thought at the time to record this conversation I have with him because you're right. Um, he expected me to say some you know, great things. And I said, well, here's the deal, Father. You know, I didn't want to tell you because I'm not throwing everything out on the table there, all my sins. But here's the facts. I dropped out of high school. I've been kicked out of a foreign country. I've been in two rehabs and in jail. Uh, will you take me? You know, and he, in his honesty, he said, oh, um, well, praise God that this has happened. But uh, I'm going to need to take this back to the council and have a meeting here. So um, they were reluctant for sure. But, you know, Christianity is in the business of conversion. That's what we do. So. They were merciful and they said, look, you know what, we'll give you a shot. It may work, it may not, and your formation is going to be long. And it was. Um, it was 10 years I had to uh, prepare to be a priest. That's not average. Usually it takes about six at the most. So for me, it took a little more time, but I needed it and it was good. So I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for those good men. We're talking to Father Don Kellaway, and you talk about a man who is true about the road less traveled. Um, all right, let's go to May 31st, 2003, your ordination day. You had treated your mom awful for a long time. Um, describe that day as your mom watched you become a priest. An incredible day. I mean, really one of the greatest days of my life. And you're right. I mean, I my relationship with my mother mother for so many years was was terrible, and I hurt her uh, emotionally and in her maternal heart so many times. Now, you know, the last person that she and the rest of the world ever thought would be a priest is being ordained, and so we have a picture in the book, my conversion story book called No Turning Back, of me embracing my mother after the ordination, 
And it's a tearjerker of a photo because you 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 know when you read the story and then you see that picture, it's pretty touching. And now as a priest, I mean, to be able to pray the rosary with my mom, to be able to give holy communion mm. to my mother, I mean, oh, I'm I'm blessed. I mean, I have such a good my my mom is a saint. I tell you, I canonized the woman tonight. She's she's a saint. <laughs> um, if there's a listener tonight that says, quite a story, Father but I've done some awful things in my life. I don't know how you have, but I can't forgive myself. Mm. I've, I've failed God. I've ruined my life. I, I can't forgive myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. And I, I, I know a lot of people I've talked to a lot of people who feel that way and um, okay. On one level. All right. I, I understand that we we've done some horrible things. Yet God is willing to forgive us. There's no sin, right? As, as if we're open to God, it's only us saying to God, like Jesus says, uh, what he calls a sin against the Holy Spirit is us basically refusing the forgiveness. God is a good father. He's willing. There's no exception to the cross. There's nothing that you could do that is going to have him turn away from you. We do the most foul, sick, perverse, shameful things, and yet there's nothing if we run to him that he's not willing to forgive. So, so that being the case and that being true, we should be, you know, able to forgive ourselves as well. You know, let's, let's not act like we're God, you know, and, and say we can't be forgiven. We can. God is, has an ocean of mercy for us, and we just need to jump in. All right. You said something profound. Let's make sure we hear that. Somewhere in the Bible, it says the only sin that God can't forgive is when you ignore or turn your back on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, most people say that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Talk about that, Father. What What is Jesus telling us? Well, here's the wisdom of this is that we have free will, right? We're not dogs. We're, we're, we, we have an ability to choose God, and, to, and we have an ability to even turn away from him. So that would be the only thing that's going to prohibit us from receiving his mercy. He's not going to force it upon us. Um, he's not going to overpower us against our will because that that's not how God works. He's given us the ability to choose. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we need to do. And so it wouldn't be God who's unwilling to forgive us. It'd be us who walks away from the forgiveness, from the mercy. And that's why, you know, he says to great saints like St. Faustina, um, do not turn away you know, implore my mercy. It's your last hope for the greatest of all sinners. Turn with trust to my mercy and you will find it. And so that's that's what I do now as a priest. I tell people, look, God loves you. No matter what you've done, run to him. Turn from your sins. Yes, change your life, but know that he's a good father. All right. Tell us about the Marians of the Immaculate Conception Fathers, please. Yeah. So that's the religious community I joined. Um, thank God, you know, they were so merciful to me. And uh, they've been around for a long time, founded in Poland in the 17th century, never had the huge numbers like some of the other big orders in the Catholic Church, like Franciscans or Dominicans. We have about 500 worldwide. Um, we have about 100 in the United States. And we have a lot of vocations right now. We have, uh, I think, 25 seminarians and great men, good men who, who want to save souls, glorify God, and uh, do good works. So... Um, I'm blessed. I'm real blessed. 
since 2005, you've been the vocations director for the Marians. If there's a listener tonight, man or woman, that's thinking that they might have a vocation to religious life, what advice would you say to them? Well, I would say, you know, you, you don't know until you go in a certain sense. You know, there's opportunities to visit religious communities. Obviously, we have technology today. You can do a lot of research on the Internet about them. And most communities have videos you can watch of how they live their life and so forth. Uh, don't be afraid. You know, it, it's a challenge today because it's countercultural today to do this, to, to respond to this call. But God does continue to call people. Um, so you know, if you feel that call in your heart, make the move, contact some people, maybe visit some communities, and um, do everything with great prayer, and um, all will go according to God's plan. We're talking to Father Don Calloway. If you want to learn more, www.fathercalloway.com. When we come back, we're going to ask him about his book, No Turning Back, A Witness to Mercy. And I'm Jack Prasula, and this is Anything is Possible, a News Talk 760 this is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Prasula. We're with Father Don Kellaway. He's authored 13 books, including Purest of All Lilies and No Turning Back. Let's talk about no turning back. A couple of highlights I'd like to ask you. Why the I'm okay, you're okay philosophy is tragically flawed, Father. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're all flawed. So um, it's, we have to acknowledge that. None of us is perfect. And so we've all got issues. We're born into sin and we struggle. Um, people will have a predominant fault, whether it's anger or greed or lust or envy, whatever it may be. Um, and we got to struggle with those things. So it's good to come to that realization instead of just trying to affirm anything and everything, because that basically means everything means nothing. There, there's no grounding. There's no foundation. There's no objective truth. So um, you've got to acknowledge the brokenness and then you can move forward. You, you can know, you know who you are and um, rely upon God for doing the growth and, 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 and helping you to become holy. Another highlight, why repentance, contrition, and sorrow are necessary steps on the road to inner peace. Yeah, well, we've been created by a loving God, a, a trinity of divine persons, that when we make mistakes when we sin, we offend them. It hurts that relationship. So we need to, in any relationship, when you wound a relationship, you need to make peace with the other. And then, you know, you have that peace. And so, you know, with God, we can definitely do that. Sometimes in human relationships, maybe the other side is unwilling to reconcile, but that's not the case with God. He's always willing to reconcile. And when you reconcile with God through repentance, uh, penance, conversion, the peace is something the world cannot give you. Only God can give you that. All right, one more. How Mary is the masterpiece of God's mercy. Really? Oh, yeah, I love this one. So, you know, we're saved from sin. We fell into the pit of sin, and, and Jesus pulls us out. But because of the uniqueness of the Virgin Mary, 
God prevented her from falling into the pit in the first place. So we talk about her being an immaculate conception. So she wasn't born into, into original sin like we are because of her lofty role to be the mother of the Messiah and our spiritual mother. Um, and yet she still needs Jesus. He is her savior, not because she fell into the pit, but because his mercy is so greatly shown towards her, he prevented her from falling into the pit in the first place. And that is an extraordinary gift only given to her. We're talking to Father Don Kellaway, who was a high school dropout. He was kicked out of Japan, institutionalized twice, thrown in jail multiple times. All right, let's talk about mercy. What's the message of divine mercy? Yes, well, you know, God has always been merciful, so there's nothing new there. Uh, it's all throughout the scriptures. Uh, but, you know, 100 years ago, there was a very simple, humble Polish girl who ended up becoming a nun, Sister Faustina, now Saint Faustina, who received revelations from Jesus about his mercy with certain new forms of devotion, like the chaplet of divine mercy. There's an image of divine mercy, a spirituality, so to speak, where you, where you, you, you have uh, divine mercy Sunday, the first Sunday after Easter. And it basically is calling the world to trust in God's mercy and to live out that trust. Because as we were saying earlier, a lot of people today are confused. They don't trust. They don't have confidence. Um, they see sinners all around them, even in the church. And they say, how could I trust? Well, it's in God you trust, not in man. And so that's at the core of this message. And boy, do we need that today. Um. I quote you, I consider myself a poster child for divine mercy. Okay, let's talk about trust. Mm. Let's go back 2,000 years. There's this man named Joseph. Mm. He's betrothed to this 14-year-old girl, Mary. And an angel appears and says, Mary's pregnant. Mm. Um, if you've watched The Chosen, fabulous, spreading throughout the world, almost nothing about St. Joseph Talk to us about St. Joseph. Oh, boy, do you have a couple hours? <laughs> I could go on and on. I just recently published a book on that consecration to St. Joseph. You know, he's, he's the mystery man of Christianity. We don't get a lot from him. We get his actions, uh, several of them, but we don't have any words from him in the New Testament. But, you know, his role, his importance was so profound that God entrusted these great treasures of the Blessed Virgin Mary and his own son, his eternal son, Jesus, into the hands of St. Joseph. And so, yes, he was called to great trust because it's not normal to have a young virgin all of a sudden be with child and you're married to her, you're betrothed to her. So, you know, his confidence had to be of a very high level. He didn't suspect her of adultery or anything like that. No, 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 not at all. As a matter of fact, he was in awe of this mystery, like David was in awe of the Ark of the Covenant, God's dwelling place in the Old Testament, and he wanted to distance himself from this great mystery taking place. But that's when the angel appeared to him and said, do not be afraid to take her into your home. And so we need to imitate St. Joseph on that great trust, because, um, boy, we're living in difficult times, and, and who knows what the future holds. We've We've got to have confidence in God and in his plan. All right. I quote you again. The world today needs St. Joseph more than ever. Mm. Really? 
Yes, because, you know, today we're living in an unprecedented time of attacks on the family. You know, most cultures and societies say have redefined marriage and what the family unit even is. So that's a problem because when you destroy the family, you know, the family is a building block of civilization. No wonder things are crumbling around us. Um, and even people who don't have faith, they know this. They know something's off in the world. Something is, is not going right. Um, and I think that that's why God has saved for our particular time a renewed emphasis on St. Joseph and his importance. I mean, think about it. This is the man who raised the Messiah. He modeled manhood for the Savior of the world. This is the man who is married to the most beautiful woman ever to walk this planet, and yet he had a chaste heart. We live in the most pornographic, filthy, disgusting era. We put the Romans and the Greeks to shame in our filth these days. We need good men, true men, um, who, who, who are, are protectors and guardians and virtuous and sacrificial. And St. Joseph is a phenomenal model of that. For the last 16 years, or 18 and a half years, rather, you've been a salesman for God. What's the biggest thing you've learned in being a priest for the last 18 and a half years? Oh, boy, you got to go at it every day. You've got to persevere every day because it's a vocation that's definitely countercultural. Uh, many of my own family members do not understand what I'm doing, you know, because the majority of my family are not Catholic. And so they, they, they don't get it. And I have to, you know, persevere through that and say, I know that God has called me, that this is not going to be easy. Many of my friends are, are critical of me and the world, you know, today, especially they, they hate me. They think that, um, you know, I'm against everything that they stand for. And I, all I want to do is bring people happiness and not even primarily in this life. I'll do what I can, but I want you to get to heaven. I want you to get to paradise. And, and I'm going to have to tell you some things sometimes to, to, that are going to sting so you don't get burned, you know, like a good father. That's why they call me father. And so it's it's a tough vocation, but it is a blessed vocation because knowing that God is working through you to help souls get to heaven. Talking to Father Don Kellaway, and I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything is Possible on News Talk 760 WJR. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. 15 of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Father Don Calloway. Another quote, if God can do what he did for me, there's hope for everyone. 
Father. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm no better than anybody else. And God doesn't love me more than he loves anybody else. And I'm kind of the, the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. That's how I look at myself. I've, I've done so much damage and hurt so many people. And, and yet God has been so good to me. And, and I know, I know that he um, wants to act in people's lives. And, and I just, you know, I pray that they open up their hearts to experience that love uh, themselves, to experience that mercy, because I know I have, and I continue and to do that every day. And it, it's, it set me free, brother. It set me free. Talk to us about a mother's love. Oh, isn't that something special? It really is such a unique gift. And, you know, I scorned it for many years when I was in my teen years. I, I pushed her away and I, and I hurt her. But, you know, a mother, she doesn't give up. She, she perseveres and she, you know, she goes through delivery for us once, you know, and that, that, that pregnancy nine months and she's throwing up in the morning and she's sick and all that. But all throughout her life, a mother suffers and she makes sacrifices for her children. And what a gift that is uh, for us. And so, um, Treasure, treasure your mom. There's, there's no love like a mother's love. All right. There's a mom listening tonight whose child bullies her, treats her awful, in your words, scorns her. What should she do, Father? Yeah, it's tough because that, that hurt is real. That pain is real. I often tell, you know, mothers that, you know, you went through that pregnancy for nine months and it, it was some terrible moments, you know, some sicknesses and everything. You felt horrible. But you brought that child through, right? And what a gift to hold that baby in your arms for the first time and smother that baby with your kisses. Well, God wants you to cooperate now with the spiritual birth of your children. And it, it oftentimes it's going to last a lot longer than nine months. Could be decades and decades. Allow God to fill up as in a bucket every teardrop, every sacrifice, every all the suffering that you endure. And in his time, dump that bucket of love on your child. God loves your child more than you do. Um, we're free will, we, we're stubborn, we, we fight, but true love, sacrificial love conquers all things. And so persevere in that hardship, even though your heart is being ripped out, um, God sees and God will respond. How can a parent today give his or her child a faith? Yeah, well, the most important thing is the example of living it. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing I, I meet a lot of people that they send their kids to Catholic schools. All right, that's good. But the parents themselves don't go to church. So that's not good. Um, you're saying one thing and doing another. Um, you got to live it. You've got to be the example for your children. They've got to see that um, you really love Jesus, that you know right from wrong. Sure, they'll see you make mistakes. Normal. Um, you, you, when you do, you, you, you acknowledge it. They see you going to confession. What an example that is when they see you being humble uh, and, and standing in a confession line. When they see you at prayer on your knees, I mean, what little girl or little boy seeing their dad, the strong man who can swing an axe or, you know, cut the grass and change a tire, whatever it is, yet he's on his knees in prayer. That is powerful stuff. That is a powerful lesson. What do our young people, the Gen Zers, really want and need today, Father? Well, I think what all people have always wanted and needed, and that's happiness. We all do what we do for happiness. Nobody I know wakes up in the morning and says, I, I want to have a really terrible day. Um, it's just that we're, as the cliche says, looking for love in all the wrong places, when all we've got to do is turn our hearts to God and be willing to convert. That's why a lot of people aren't experiencing happiness these days, because they're unwilling to acknowledge sin and to turn away from it. Um, it's tough. It's not easy. But it's worth doing because then you'll know you'll know more than happiness. You'll know beatitude. You'll know being blessed, and you'll know something great awaits you for all eternity. 
All right, you've mentioned it in the past here. Let's talk about the silent epidemic pornography. Mm. I believe that the number one porn site alone had 4.4 billion hours of viewing. Wow, that's amazing. Pornography, Father. It's a huge, it is. It is definitely the plague of our times because, you know, they tell me and studies have shown now that young boys by the age of, I think it's 10 or 11, are being exposed to hardcore pornography on their smartphones, on their devices, tablets, and so forth. And that is going to mess up a boy's heart, his desires, his intentions, future marriages. And now, sadly, right, we we, we see women, young girls uh, being addicted to these things. And we are in a difficult situation here because this is a, a drug, so to speak, that does, um, I mean, there have been scientific studies on this, alter the way the brain works, the way things function for you. And um, that's not good. And so we've really got to pray ourselves out of this mess and turn things around um, in this area. And this is why we need God. We're not going to be able to do this on our own. We need divine help. Another thing we need badly in the world today is forgiveness by each of us. Mitch Album says, he that cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass himself. Talk about forgiveness. Yeah, that's a big part of uh, life and a very big part of Christianity, right? Just being forgiven because it's we're all going to make mistakes. I mean, in the scriptures, it says the just man. So we're talking about a good man sins seven times a day or 70 times a day. I mean, we all we all mess it up. But if we're willing to be humble and, and offer forgiveness and be willing to receive forgiveness, that's huge. I mean, that that requires humility. It's not easy to say when you're wrong and you've done something wrong or hurt somebody. But when you can. Oh, my goodness. I don't know too many people who, who, when they ask for forgiveness and humble themselves, the other person is going to, to shun them. Oh, it may happen on occasion, right? People can be like that. But the majority of the times when you are humble like that, the reward is, is great. And we need to do that, too. How, we need forgiveness, and we need to be forgiving. Um, the apostles went to the rabbi, the teacher, and said, teach us how to pray. And he gives us the Our Father. Hmm. And part of it is, Forgive us our trespasses. That's easy. Yeah. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. If I read that right, that says to the degree that I forgive others, that's the degree that our Heavenly Father is going to forgive me. Mm -hmm. Please. So we, we better be real merciful, right? So if we want to experience a mercy, and it, 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 it's true. I mean, you, you've got to, what you've been given freely, you're called to give freely. That doesn't mean that it's easy. And that doesn't mean also, because some people misunderstand this, that by saying you forgive somebody, that all of a sudden your hard drive is wiped and you have no memories of the hurt. Okay, you're still going to remember. And it doesn't mean that you have to be all buddy-buddy with this person, right? It doesn't mean they're going to be your best friend from this point forward. No. But to be merciful, to be forgiving means to be a son and a daughter of God, to be willing to extend that forgiveness to others when the hurt has been real and the memories of that hurt will continue. But we're called to be like Jesus, who from the cross, being murdered, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. St. John Paul II's greatest phrase was also the most used phrase in the Bible. 365 times. It's not love your God. It's not love your neighbor. It's be not afraid. Yeah. All right. A lot of people are afraid today. They're petrified. This COVID craziness, et cetera, you know, whatever side of the political aisle you're on, what do you say about how do we get over being afraid? 
Yeah, I, I don't think there's a way of getting out of it other than turning to God and hoping for something more than this life. I mean, the world right now, definitely, you're right, is filled with fear, anxiety, stress. I mean, people have lost their jobs. How do I put food on the table for my family? All those issues, those are real. Um, and you know, the reality is we're not here forever. Um, we don't have here a lasting kingdom. You could have everything. You could hit the lottery multiple times. You're still going to die. You're still going to suffer. You're still going to get sick. Um, gravity is going to get you. There ain't no way out of this. So you need a greater hope. You need a greater purpose. You need a greater end. That will get you through the turmoil, the tough waters, so to speak, and set your sights on heaven. And so my aim here, for example, is not to um, eliminate poverty. You know, Jesus walked this earth 2,000 years ago, and he didn't do that. We should strive to. We should strive to help everybody. But my goal is not to fill your belly and give you nice posh clothes, but to get you to heaven, to give you peace in the midst of this crazy world, this valley of tears. And so you know that you're going someplace greater where there is no suffering, there is no death, there is no pain. And that, my friends, is paradise. Want to learn more? www.fathercalloway.com. Father, you're the epitome of with God, anything is possible. Thanks for being such a fabulous guest. Thanks, my brother. God bless you and all the listeners. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Rasool. Thanks for listening and make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spoken. Believe in yourself.